You could stand at half court and ref better than these guys. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Uh, Sam and I are here the day after Thanksgiving, so uh, we'll, we'll talk about that briefly, even though it's not basketball. But we are also recording live on the Locker Room app. So uh, for those of you listening on the normal podcast platform, this is the Locker Room app in the App Store. Uh, it's for Apple only right now, but you can come chat with us live while we are recording these episodes. So right now, Sam and I are live in a room. Uh, no one's joined yet, but we just tweeted it out, so... You can look back in our tweets and see what I'm referencing. Uh, but yeah, join us live for these recordings. We're going to be testing this out. Hopefully it works out well. Uh, and if it does, it's something we're probably going to do uh, often in the future because it's a great app. And the the guys who created the app are all great people. So I've had some good experiences with it thus far. So hopefully this can be another one. Um, but yeah, starting off, Sam, how was your Thanksgiving? We'll just start with that, I guess. So I worked on Thanksgiving, actually. And I'm a big fan of working Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the the party we usually have, the person doesn't live in the house anymore. It's not big enough to host a party. So that's not a thing. So I get paid double time and always would work Thanksgiving over Christmas because, of course, Christmas is basketball day. <laughs> while Thanksgiving is, you know, football day. Football's lame. Yeah, I was going to say, we all know your thoughts on football. So it uh, it doesn't surprise me that you... <laughs> You uh, take Christmas off and not Thanksgiving. But uh, how was the food? How was the food, Sam? I had a good meal. How was yours? So we actually just did Thanksgiving, actually. And uh, believe it or not, I am not a massive fan of Thanksgiving food. Really? I know. You're probably in disbelief because I just love everything. Uh, I had turkey. Turkey's all right. Um, Not that I I had corn. Corn's my, like, favorite thing probably because we don't we don't do mac and cheese i know people do that i was talking to my parents today. i was like <laughs> adam says but food is amazing food is am- and sam you love food more than almost anybody. i do i love food but i don't know it's just and turkey is one of those things it just takes me too long to eat man it just i can't i can't just like kill myself eating it I mean, I guess so what's your favorite dish then you said corn i'm a fan of the stuffing stuffing's got to be my person yeah, see- I probably would like it. I, I just like really never tried turkey. Turkey's fine. I don't mind turkey, but like the rest of it, like I'd rather have like if there was mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Adam goes turkey is chicken with eczemas, <laughs> eczema, which I mean, I suppose is true. Chicken is definitely better than turkey, in my opinion. Oh, chicken's fire. Chicken's like the best food there chicken, is. Chicken's elite. Um, but yeah, another feature of the locker room app, everybody, is there is a little discussion tab. So uh, our buddy Adam Taylor's in there right now, and we can read what he's saying. So uh, another reason to join these live recordings of the podcast. So uh, ho- hopefully it's something we can do in the future. But <clears throat> anyways, getting into basketball, uh, which is the reason you guys all tune in. Um, this preseason schedule was just recently released for the Celtics, and we see games against the Sixers and the Nets. And I personally couldn't think of a better two-team schedule than that, unless maybe the Lakers. But what do you think, Sam? So here's the thing about that, right? <clears throat> it's 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 hype that we're getting those games because those are um, teams we want to see the Celtics play. There won't be fans. So it won't be as, you know, crazy. 
there won't be the where is Kyrie chance. Which you know, it's funny enough. Uh, like the other day, I don't know why I just kind of got the urge to like look back and look at that stuff and see how crazy it was. And like <laughs> I forgot that like he put out that long message where he was all pissed and like he was he was like saying like uh you know like basketball is not the most important thing. Like you know stuff like he was just he was really pissed. He's a bum. Kyrie's yeah. A bum. And so, but here's the thing about those games, right? The Celtics lose. Whether or not I overreact to it is one thing, but Twitter is going to go nuts. I mean, they're going to be pissed if they lose to Brooklyn. Philadelphia people are going to be going off on Twitter. But I'm I'm very excited for the preseason. We talked about this last week on our show on Monday after the crazy weekend we had last weekend with the Gordon Hayward news, Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague joining the team. And I'm excited to see how everyone's going to fit in, how Brad's going to uh, hypothesize doing the rotation. We'll get to a little bit of a taste of that. Will we see Tice at the four? Yeah. Will he start? Will he go to the bench? Will Thompson go to the bench? There's so many questions to be answered. How good will the rookies play? Um, I'm, I'm super <laughs> pumped. Yeah. And Adam's in the chat saying Twitter is so nuts after a Celtics loss, which is, I mean, it's just facts. Because, like, after a Celtics win, Twitter's hype and saying we're the Celtics are going to win a championship. But after a loss, they're telling everybody to blow up the team, which is probably one of my least favorite things about Celtics Twitter. Like, I, I love so much about it, but that's got to be the most frustrating part of it all. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. And especially after these kind of games. So these are two rival teams, and people are going to be their marquee games. People are going to be wanting to see the Celtics play KD and Kyrie. Should Kyrie or KD play in the preseason? We'll see. Um, I'd imagine they will since it's kind of short. So they'll probably still want to get reps in at least for a half. Um, you know, Philadelphia is always a big heated rivalry game. People are going to be pissed if they lose. They're going to overreact. They're going to say, Danny Ainge didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Danny Ainge should have did this. Danny Ainge should have did that. Mind you, this week I had a blast on Twitter. Um, you know, I was I was at my internship at the news station, and I was had some downtime, so I was perusing Twitter for some bad takes, some bad replies, some morons, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I would link them our uh, – Celtics idiot test. Did one, one, one guy was pissed. One guy, one guy like went back and forth with me. And like, he was saying like, um, you know, like Hayward was prepared to sign with the Pacers had they just pulled the trigger on the trade or whatever. And, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm a homer. I'm a green teamer, which I definitely am. But um doesn't mean Danny Ainge didn't do the right thing or it was his fault. I mean, Hayward got an extra 20 million. Yeah. Even, even if they agree to a sign and trade, first of all, Hayward has to sign. Even if he does agree to sign and that trade is on the table on Friday night, the first day, the mor- moratorium, free agency doesn't officially happen until Sunday at noon. So you've got two and a half days where he's just sitting there and they can still offer him a contract. It doesn't matter. He hasn't signed anything yet. That Charlotte offer is going to come in regardless. They're going to hear what Indiana is offering him. They're going to offer him that massive deal he got, and he's probably still going to take it. It yeah. has nothing to do with Danny Ainge. Michael Jordan and the Hornets, they came in. They said, here's all this money to come play for our team because we are a small market. We have to overpay. Um, and, you know, that's the thing. That's And people don't get that. People see very short-sighted. They say, Danny Ainge didn't pull the trigger. Danny Ainge didn't do this. They're wrong. And they don't know what they're talking about. And they need to go back to watching the Patriots. It's as simple as that. 
And I mean, in the end, I think it would have been stupid for Hayward not to take that money. I mean, that's a lot of money. And Charlotte, at this point, I don't even think they're a terrible team. Like, they could make a playoff push realistically, and he'll be probably the focal point of their offense outside of LaMelo Ball, which, which is great. Like, they have they have LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward, and then a bunch of center, centers that sh- probably shouldn't be starting on a playoff caliber team. But Cody Zeller's not and Gordon Hayward's finally going to get to play the featured role that he wanted to have in Boston. But um, yeah, yeah. Gordon Hayward's going to have a big season next year. I think I, I think I discussed this with you on Monday. If not, then I've talked <laughs> to other people about it. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if he's an All Star this year. He's going to have plenty of opportunity to be the guy. He absolutely could have been the guy last year on this team if he was not injured freakishly against the Spurs. Yeah. No. I mean. You talk about all the time that <laughs> Marcus Aldridge being dirty. And, I mean, we saw it twice. We saw it in the screen against Kemba. That got Kemba double-teched up. And then we saw it when Hayward broke his hand. So, it, it's just unfortunate. He's had a rough a, a rough go of it in Boston. The fans haven't been exactly nice to him. I don't blame him for leaving. Um, I understand why he went to Charlotte. Charlotte's not – like, it, it's not like he's going across the country. Like, Indiana, Charlotte, Boston, it's like a little triangle. And, and that extra money's got to set him up beautifully for the future not that he doesn't have enough as it is but it's it's dumb to turn that down that amount of money and i'm sure it was a family discussion he had and and i'm happy for hayward but uh yeah i mean yeah listen people like you said people didn't treat him right here they didn't appreciate that he came to play for the celtics they were very um like i said nearsighted they see he's not playing well he's hurt they're frustrated because he's making all this money at this point i don't really care how much someone makes money if they play well if you know, if I feel like they deserve it at the initial signing. I mean, you well, I don't know if I would say that, but you know, in that situation, it was just such a freakish thing that happened. I mean, you can't be mad at the team for giving him that money. He definitely deserved it, and he. I mean, when he was healthy in the third season, he definitely earned it. So, I, I, I don't get why people were so hard. I mean, I get why they were hard on him. It's just, it's a bad look. No, yeah, and I think everybody who watched the Celtics and covers them and talks about them on a daily basis like you and I do understand that Gordon Hayward was an extremely valuable part of this team uh and and that just brings me to something else you brought up the Twitter idiot test because I do have responses um that I wanted to share with you Uh, I don't know if you looked at them we got eight uh two of them I think were you by accident so we got seven or six in reality um I I took it I didn't submit it I didn't do too well I know you (laughs) worked me for that um I got so for for those of you listening I'll go over the questions real quick Sam, well, don't tell them the answers because if they're listening and no, I hit them with the test, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm going to read out the questions and not not the answers, uh, but I'm going to read out some some of the varying scores we got. So, Sam gave a what is it, 15 question quiz? It, 15 three, questions, yeah, three tiers, five questions each. Tier one, and he said, if you have half a brain, you should be able to answer these questions. How many regular season games are there in a normal NBA season? Which I did get right who was the coach of the Celtics, agreed. What year were the Celtics founded? I thought was a little tough for Tier 1. No, that's an easy one, man. I didn't know. I didn't know that question. That's an easy one. That's the same year the league was founded. That's when they drop drop any jersey. Usually that's the number that's on the jersey. Or, you know, the last two digits, of course, are on the jersey. That makes sense. Um, yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. Maybe I should have. But um, the, the other two questions were the number six is retired for which Celtics player? Another easy one. And name the longtime broadcast team for the Celtics. Another easy one. I got all about the year the Celtics were founded. In hindsight, maybe I should have known it, but I just didn't. Tier two, mm. 
Uh, these questions are a bit harder, but you shouldn't be tweeting if you still can't answer them. I didn't do too hot in this section. The number 31 is retired for which Celtics player. I had a brain fart on this. I didn't get it right. In hindsight. Number 31. Yeah, th- 31. Yeah, I definitely should have got that one right. Um, prior to 2008, the last time Celtics made the ECF, didn't know that one. Uh, Isaiah Tom- Thomas trade, besides IT, what did the Celtics give up? I knew that. Uh, who invented the victory cigar? I knew that. Cigar, I knew that. And then before Kemba, who was the last Celtic to wear number eight, I missed a couple of the rope players. So I, I got that one wrong as well. And then tier three. That was yeah. a tricky one, to be fair. Yeah. For sure okay. it was. Tier three, these questions are kind of hard, but you decided to tweet, didn't you? You know, calling them out. Who's the first female member of the Celtics coaching staff? I got that. What is Red Auerbach's first, real first name? I did not know that. Uh, where did Larry Bird go to college? I knew that. Uh, what number did Rick Carlisle wear as a member of the Celtics? I didn't know. And then who was the general manager of the Timberwolves when the Celtics traded for Kevin Garnett? I also didn't know that. Did you know all these answers off the top of your head, Sam? Yeah. Yep. I did. I was just sitting there in the newsroom and I was just kind of thinking to myself. It took, it took me a while to make it. It's not like I just ripped them all off, but I was just sitting there. Like, oh, I got that'd be a good one. Oh, that'd be a good question. We we did get eight responses. Um, I'm going to go through some of them. I won't say I'll say if they got it right, but if they got it wrong, I'll tell you that wrong answer. But like I won't say like if they got it right, what the right answer mm. is. Okay. Um, so our, our first response was from Bannertown Danny, our friend from the Within Heckling Distance podcast. Uh, he did not do too hot. Before we start, no. though, Danny is not someone that should be tweeting. <clears throat> yeah. And and the thing is, Danny doesn't claim that he should be tweeting. Danny's not. A I know. Like but th- this proves yes. that I've made a good <clears throat> measuring stick for if you should be <laughs> tweeting. All righty. So Danny did get how many games are in a regular season correct? Um, it says he got the coach one wrong, but I, it's capital capitalization error. So yeah, we. I fixed it. I think mm-hmm. I went back and fixed it. Yeah. Um, what year were the Celtics founded? He got that wrong. He said 1929, which I, fair guess. Like, it, yeah, it's, fair guess. Too, too too far off. Um, the number six is retired for which Celtics player? Danny, this is a rough one. A rough look for you. You got that wrong. He said Kevin McHale. I know. Isn't that, that tough? Can you um, believe that? The toughest look of all, however, is name the longtime broadcast team for the Celtics. He got that wrong. He said Tommy and then Jack Simone, which is me, and I, I wish that was my job, but sadly no. So that's a that's a rough look. Uh, number thirty one is retired for which Celtics player? Danny said no idea. I mean, fair enough. You own up to it. It's fine. Uh, prior to 08, when was the last time uh, the Seas made the ECF? He said eighty six. Fair enough guess. Fair guess. Guess, but there's only two in between then and now. Um, well, then in 2008. Yeah, exactly. Uh, aside from Isaiah Thomas, what did the Celtics trade for Kyrie Irving? Danny said Jay Crowder in a first, which was really close. He just forgot about Zizic, which, I mean, fair enough. Mm. Zizic is forgettable. <clears throat> Who invented the victory cigar? Danny said me. No, Danny. Did not it was not you, Danny. Unfortunately. Uh, before Kemba Walker, who was the last Celtic to wear number eight, he said Jeff Green. Also, fair guess. Fair guess. Uh, unfortunately, not the correct answer. Is that what you guessed? No, I said I got. I went even further back. I said Antoine Walker, so I was just a mess. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just not even close. Um, tier three, can, tier three. He started off with who was the first female member of the C's coaching staff. He said Rachel Demita, which who was the two mm. K host. So he was just just not even close there. He, he's just shooting in the dark. Yeah, he's just guessing at that point. Uh, where did Larry Bird go to college? He got that right. He said he said Indians State. I think that's a typo, though. I'm giving the benefit of doubt. Yeah. <laughs> answer. Uh, what number did Carlisle wear? He said 69. Nice, but no. Oddly enough, Liam also guessed that. Yeah, I I, I don't think they any had any idea. But then uh, 
Uh, for who was the GM of the Timberwolves during the KG trade, Danny said, bro, who knows this shit? So clearly you did not, Danny. So I stumped him. Not a great look, but he, he got some right. You know, ca- we'll call him a casual fan at that point, which is fine. You know, not everyone has to be uh, a diehard Celtics fan, but uh, a casual nonetheless. And Danny, like we said, Danny has never claimed to be anything more than a casual Celtics fan. So fair enough. He enjoys going to the games. He enjoys betting. Uh, so we love him for that. <clears throat> Liam, uh, the other host on Within Heckling Distance, uh, he, <laughs> how many regular games are there in a normal NBA season? Uh, he said 72. I mean, this year, yeah, but I, I, that wasn't the question. That was a rough look for Liam. Yeah, I don't know. I was, if he was disappointed in him. He might have. He might have been trying to be a smartass. So, which it, it is very Liam, but I don't know. Uh, coach of the Celtics got that right. Uh, what year were the Celtics founded? It says he got it wrong, but he technically did get it right. He just put like the year before dash the year. So I'm oh, gonna okay. the doubt and say he got that right. Uh, he got who wears number six correct. And then he said, "Longtime broadcast team." He named half of it, so you missed the other half. It says team Liam. Uh, tier two number thirty-one is not Kevin McHale. Um, prior to 08, last time C's made the ECF, uh, Liam responded with, "Fuck, I have no clue. I wasn't born," uh, which is false. You were born. Facts. Very, <clears throat> very, very wrong. Yeah, you you, you were born. You were born. Uh, aside from IT, what did the Celtics trade? He said draft picks for sure. Uh, it was one draft pick, and then there were two players. So uh, I'm going to say that's wrong, Liam. <clears throat> Who invented the victory cigar? He said Joe Burrow. Uh, did not invent it. He popularized it again this year. But he definitely didn't invent it. Uh, before Walker, who was the last Celtic tour number eight, he said big baby with four question marks. Nope. Uh, first female on the C's coaching staff, Liam, said your mom. Which mm. going to go no, Liam. Uh, v- valid answer. Good try. Really, really solid effort there, but I'm, I'm going to say no. Uh, our box first real name. He said, Alex, he spelled Alex with a W instead of an E. Um, n- n- incorrect regardless. Uh, where did Larry Bird go to college? He said, Indiana. Unfortunate. Uh, close. Liam also answered 69 for Carlisle's number. And then he answered Billy King for the manager of the Timberwolves, uh, in the KG trade. So, a tough look all around. Who would you say did better? Since you know, we'll compare them since they're our co-hosts on within heckling distance. Who, who do you like better, Danny or Liam? After that response, well, here's the thing: mm-hmm. Danny performed more to his level than Liam did. <laughs> you what? You see Liam as a, a better Celtics fan than Danny overall? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I, Danny. That's okay. I, I I don't know if they're listening to this, but if they are, uh, I'll, I'll tell them to peep in. But uh. <clears throat> Fifth response: Should I read out the? Uh, no, don't don't do anybody. But uh, let's stop that. All right, because you know we don't want to do everybody. Yeah, Take... we'll stop there. We'll we'll give you guys another chance to uh, hop in and do the Twitter idiot test. It'll it'll be there. It, it'll be you there. Piss me off. You will get it. You will. It'll be replied it to. It is. It is on Bannertown. You can find it on Bannertown's Twitter. It's on the website. Uh, go check it out. See how you fare. Because <clears throat> clearly our co-hosts might not be the best, but uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, something else in the works right now is sign and trade with Charlotte has been rumored on multiple occasions because uh, the Hornets are looking for somebody to take on Nick Batum's contract, which is no easy feat considering how much money it is. Uh, what are you thinking in that regard, Sam? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, something's going to happen. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I- we don't know what's going to happen. To be honest. Uh, you know, you've got 
I mean, you're going to see a trade exception for sure. Um, and that'd be ideal, right? That, I'd love that if I'm Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got to get something from them. Do you, what do you really want from them? I don't think you're going to get anything great. I think I mean, at, maybe they just give a pick and get the trade exception. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I would guess. I'd say the Celtics probably give up a second or something in second round and like a trade exception comes back. And this is all, uh, Contingent is that a word? This is all no contingent. This is all contingent on uh, the Hornets finding a third team to take on Batum's contract. But looking around the league, I don't know if there are any teams that would be willing to do that. Could you? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Uh, Oklahoma City. Very true. Sam Presti is in the market of you know taking on contracts in Oklahoma City. Maybe Cleveland. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, if Houston gets a Westbrook trade done and they decide to, actually- that's not going to happen. Houston has made moves to compete again. But their stars are just so unhappy, which I don't understand. So you think Harden and Westbrook are going to be on the Rockets at the start of next season? Yes. Not a doubt in my mind. They might not make it. Oh, you mean next season? Like after after 21? So 21, 22? No, like like December, like a month from now. Oh, yes. Not a doubt in my mind. Put the house you, on it. And you think trading Harden. They'll be there for the whole season, you think? I don't know if they'll be there for the whole season, but they're going to try. Because they look at what they did. They brought in Christian Wood, and mm-hmm. they brought in Demarcus Cousins, who they had very uh, high praise for after he worked out for them. By the way, yeah, yeah. So they have Wood and Cousins now to pair with Westbrook and Harden. I think they realize that the no center thing, not really something that can be successful in the NBA. What's the ceiling on that Houston team? I guess we'll talk about this for a little bit. Like, what, what what's the best they can be? Probably like five or six seed. I don't think they're going to be. I mean, it's just that Western Conference is so tough. They have, yeah. And it's not even because, like, there's, like, two or three powerhouse teams. I mean, there are, but then there's just a lot of solid teams. But yeah. That, that playoff race is going to be a war. And the Eastern Conference is only, like, six teams deep. So, I mean, it kind of evens out. Mm-hmm. It's just so strange how that works, isn't it? How yeah. you, know, you got teams like Charlotte, you got teams like uh, Detroit, New York, um, Orlando, Washington, you know, Cleveland. They're all just kind of shit. I mean, even Indiana. Indiana. Right. Yeah. I guess they didn't really do much now that you think about it, but still. I mean, they're a mess too, I feel like. Like Oladipo is clearly unhappy. Something's going on there. Turner- we'll see what happens. I don't know what he's unhappy about. He was injured. The hell are you pissed about? You pissed? No. Does he think he got injured because he was being overplayed? Is that what it is? I feel like he's got a big ego at this point. Maybe it's just me. He might. He doesn't seem like a big ego guy to me. That's the thing. Still, like all this shit's come up, and I can't imagine Miles Turner's happy. He's been shopped around the whole offseason, and he's still there. Like he's got to be pissed. I Another thing know. about Miles Turner, bringing it back to the Celtics, um, when yeah. I read this today on Twitter, when they were negotiating a sign and trade without the sign part being done. Mind you, just in case any Patriots fans yeah. are listening, um, <laughs> Danny Ainge planned to trade him should the Celtics have got him. So yeah. all of the people that are screaming that they should have got Miles Turner, even if they got him, he wouldn't be playing here. And yeah. the reason why he was probably being more greedy is because he probably didn't have a landing spot for him. So, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever, and- what happened is probably better than the alternative. They're probably still going to get something from Charlotte. Um, I think they'll be all right. I think they made good moves. We we can talk about that too. You know, Thompson's probably a really good fit. It just makes the Tice situation complicated to me. No, yeah, and I think 
I, I understand why um, why Danny didn't want Miles Turner because like the contract wouldn't have been great. Like Tatum obviously just signed that extension. Brown's on a near max extension. Kemba's on the max. Smart's making thirteen mil. We got these rookies coming in that were first round picks. Uh, you got Carson Edwards' contract, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. So taking on another seventeen million dollar contract will put the Celtics in a place that you know they'd be right up against the cap. They wouldn't be able to do much. And they brought in Thompson, who can rebound, which is something that Turner just can't do, which people don't understand. Like Turner's not a good rebounder. He can play defense pretty well. He can block shots and he can shoot threes. But that still doesn't solve the rebounding problem that everyone is complaining about. Like you say, get a center and everyone brings up Rudy Gobert and Andre Drummond, two elite rebounders. Bringing in Turner doesn't do that. Like he's not good at rebounding basketball, which doesn't mean he's a bad player. Like he's still a fine guy. He just the money he's making doesn't really fit doesn't fit along well, I suppose, with the Celtics game plan going forward. And I think I, I think Thompson inserted into that starting lineup will be slightly better because that's a big body. Um, not exactly a tall body, but a big body that can, you know, defend the post pretty well and grab the board. So um, I guess we'll start talking about that, that now. We talked a, a little bit about it last week, but Thompson, starting lineup, you say? Yes, right away? I feel like it's just a tough call because you have Tice, who's – been very solid he's definitely earned the spot you know it's not like he he did the series against uh Miami was kind of rough but what else can you ask from the guy aside from that he was great all season yeah I mean one bad series definitely isn't enough to warrant benching Tice although I question whether or not they should start Tice and Thompson you could run Kemba Brown Tatum Tice Thompson and you'd be fine with it but then you're losing some of that small ball aspect that you know Brad Stevens loved to run last season so if it were you would you start Tice or Smart because I feel like that's a big debate right now it is a big debate um or even Neesmith if he has a good preseason I mean I feel like the Neesmith thing is something that's going to come down the line it's not going to be right now mm-hmm. no yeah but I mean it's definitely a possibility if he's shooting the lights out you might have to start him Mm-hmm. And, and that's valid like if Neesmith does perform well and he is he, he's a guy that can grow with Tatum and Brown because we talk about the timelines all the time I know you're not a big fan of that debate but he fits in perfectly with Brown and Tatum because he's a guy that can just stand on the perimeter and well, the timeline thing isn't a it's I don't have an issue with it at all it's just the thing is with that is it's not mandatory you are able to win regardless every season is a new season you are not stuck with players if you plan right which i'm sure danny is doing it's probably why he drafted pritchard because the mm-hmm. celtics have a point guard now pritchard it might be a project if they think he's any good you know they can keep him around but i mean you've got kemba now i mean kemba's a solid player now there are concerns about him with mm-hmm. his injuries but yeah and it's understandable it's unfortunate you know i'm i was watching highlights from last season today and it's funny. I realized I'm like, oh, they're going to miss Hayward. Oh, they're you know Kemba. If he's not healthy, it's not going to be as great. But I mean, they have replacements. They they have a plan. They're not stupid. They know what's going on. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Yeah, they know that something could be wrong. And we we talked about this last week. You you guys listening to the show are going to hear us bring out similar points week to week until the season starts because these are just the debates that are going on. 
where does Pritchard show up in the depth chart immediately? Like, is he going to be right behind Walker? Do you think, do you want him to be right behind Walker? Like what's up with Carson Edwards? Obviously Danny Ainge signed him to a long-term deal last season and he fell short of expectations, but he's still young. He could still blossom into that bench score that everyone wanted him to be. Like, where do you put Pritchard immediately? Like everyone talks about how his college experience puts him ahead of the pack, but where do you think he stands in the point guard rotation right now? The point guard rotation is very difficult to me because you have one clear front runner. You have Marcus who can kind of do it yeah. and will most likely be the, you know, the backup. Yeah. But, but is like, he a guard at this point? Like I, I, I yeah, look- that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm thinking about it. You know, how, how well does that work? I mean, you could like potentially play Pritchard and smart off the bench and have on offense, have smart guard, you know, whoever's the best player because that's who smart is. But then on or on defense, I mean, and then on offense, just have smart handle the ball and Pritchard play off ball because Pritchard can shoot. Pritchard's a good spot up shooter, like catch and shoot guy. So he he could be good in that role. But then it comes to the point, like, I I just don't think Carson Edwards fits in the system very well, if I'm going to be honest. Like, I like him as a player. I think he can be a good player in the NBA, but he needs to be in control of the ball in order to make stuff happen. And the Celtics have Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Uh, at this point, I guess you could argue Pritchard that all need the ball. Or no, Pritchard doesn't need the ball. That's my point. Carson needs the ball. Pritchard can sh- like perform well in catch and shoot situations. So I think that's why you're going to see Pritchard slowly crawl in front of Edwards and even Tremont Waters in that point guard jump chart, or just the guards in general. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's very strange. Well, first of all, like you said, Edwards is a ball dominant player. He's not going to be able to have that kind of um, control of the game. You've got you've got Pritchard. You know, you've got all these guys, man, and that's what we're talking about. You've got all these dudes that are all about the same level of play, mm-hmm. all the same skill level. Yeah, and, and it, oh, not to mention there's Teague. Yeah, true, and Waters. We we haven't brought up Waters so much. Well, Waters is. I mean, even though we we're high on Waters, I mean, in real reality, he's about the same level as other other two guys. Mm-hmm. And I think a way to think about it is the centers last year with Williams, Cantor, and Tice. There wasn't enough time for them. Obviously, with point guards this year, there's a clear front runner in Kemba. But after that, you have Pritchard, you have Teague, you have Edwards, you have Waters. Who you you aside from Teague are probably all around the same level of talent. But then if you include Teague, you want to play each of them for very different reasons. And they all deserve to get playing time. Maybe not on this team, like maybe Waters, uh, Edwards and Pritchard might be lower on the totem pole because the Celtics are trying to win now. And Teague is that veteran and the Celtics really lacked a veteran presence off the bench last year. So that's the argument for playing Teague. But then at the same time, you want these young players to grow with Tatum and brown and you never know where pritchard's going to be at especially because he's a rookie and i'm hearing all these good things about him so why not give him a chance i i think we're going to see a lot of rotating in and out and seeing who performs well and when and next season and brad's just gonna have to do a lot of experimenting on the fly yeah there's going to be a lot of uh earn your minutes kind of stuff going on and it's interesting because you know it's going to be a process it's not going to i don't think they're going to be a world beating team you know right off rip I think they have potential to be very good, of course, as a homer. And, you know, I, I am a fan of the moves that were made. It's not – I don't have an issue with any of it, uh, unlike a lot of people. But there's definitely improvements from last year. And we're just going to figure out – I mean, they have to figure out how it's going to work. They've got yeah. a team. They've got to figure out who they're, who's going to play. 
Is it going to be matchup based? Is it going to be, you know, spot starts? That's definitely going to be a thing with Kemba. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So let, let's go down the list then. If we're talking like it, it's tough to go by position. So let's just go down the roster of the Celtics. And well, well I, I did a tweet. I think I talked about this very briefly last uh, episode um, ranking everybody on the Celtics. So let's just do that as an activity right now. So obviously I think Tatum's number one. And I think you'd agree with me there, right? Yeah. yeah. Then Brown and Kemba as number two. I, I, I would put Brown slightly ahead of Kemba at this point. If, I don't know if you agree with that, but it, it's close. I think I, Brown. Yeah, Brown is so underrated, man. I love Brown. I do. I love Jalen Brown. And I think he does edge out Kemba at this point. Not that Kemba's a bad player, but just because of the versatility Brown brings, even though he is so young and hasn't, he hasn't even made an all-star team. I just think he's the better player at this point in their career. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Brown's a beast. And <laughs> yeah. he's, Here's the thing about Brown. First of all, the season hasn't started yet. Brown gets better every year. And Correct. He's Every definitely game. he's going to clockwork. get better this year too. It is like clockwork with Jalen Brown. <clears throat> so then, m- moving down the list, uh, I, Walker's definitely next because he's close to Brown in the first place. Then the next question becomes: Who's the next best? Is it Smart? Like, would you put Smart there? Or would you put a guy like Tice? I, I think it's Smart, but uh, yeah, it's probably Marcus. Okay, Marcus and, is so valuable, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, clearly, and I think you have to watch him to understand that. But after, after Marcus, it's just this list of guys who are around the same level of talent. I mean, you have Tice, you have Thompson, you have Jeff Teague, you have Robert Williams, you have all the rookies and young guns and everybody. Just Who's next? Do you put Tice or Thompson there or do you put Jeff Teague there or Robert Williams or Grant Williams even? Like, where do you go from there? Who's the fifth best player on the Celtics? It's tough, isn't it? It's yeah. very, it's it's a very tight race, and that's that's what we're going to learn in the preseason. I think at least a little bit. We're going to say, all right, this guy's going to be, he's going to be the star. He's going to get the minutes, or it might, like I said, it might be matchup based. Who knows? But at the same time, last preseason we saw Carson Edwards earn this giant contract. This is true. Didn't do anything. Like he just didn't contribute. Not that he's bad, but he just didn't contribute in the regular season. So it's true. It, it's going to be a learning process. As for who's fifth best, I think. Personally, I would put either Tice or Thompson. Um, and I think I would lean towards Tice. Whether or not Tice will get the start is a different question, but I think Tice is the better player. Would you agree? Tice, what do you yeah, think? Tice is also someone that's kind of been here. Yeah. You know? So he knows the system and knows how everything works. Right. But here's here's the thing about, um, you know, you mentioned Carson Edwards last offseason, or not offseason, preseason. Preseason, yeah. So he was playing in a ball dominant role in that game in Cleveland. He exactly. was running the offense. He wasn't, pl- if, to my memory, he wasn't playing with the main rotation yes. during that third quarter. That's that's the difference right there. Is yeah. he was in control, which is fine. I think we should probably, you know, if I was Brad Stevens, look to play Carson Edwards in more garbage time minutes to get him accustomed to the NBA. But yeah, but for that to all- happen, there has to be garbage time. So. <laughs> I mean, you could also argue that he shouldn't play in garbage time because then he gets used to this ball-dominant role and then he's useless in actual situations. You could, you could absolutely say that. Cause it's, I, it's a tough call. It is, I think he sh- it's his best bet if he is to get traded. Yeah, I, I agree. And it sucks because I like Carson as a dude and as a person and as a player, but he just doesn't – like his fit on this team isn't like good. It just doesn't work out, and that sucks. But I feel like he just – fit better on a team like the Knicks or the Pistons or somewhere that he could get 
minutes where he's allowed to control the offense because the Celtics are in a, in a point or at a point where they're obviously competing for a championship as every season. And you can't really do that with Carson Edwards at this stage of his career running the offense, which is, it sucks because I like him, but that's just how it is. Yeah, it's hard not to like people, man. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard. There's no that's- one unless they really like burn the bridges with the team that is someone that you don't like. Exactly. You, I feel like that's how most fans are here. They root for you. They root for you. They root for you. I mean, just look usually every season when, I mean, it's probably very similar around the league. I just don't watch a lot of opening nights around the league, but I mean, I remember being at Jalen Brown's first game and Mm -hmm. everyone was, he came off the bench. He got a nice hand, you know, it was the same for um, Robert Williams when he came in, in his first uh, home game at the garden, you know, people want to see these guys succeed. And I think there is a feeling of that for the young players. That's why, I mean, look, look at, Pritchard since he got drafted people love him just on Twitter yeah and no one knew who he was either so that's like I didn't know who it was I didn't either at first I'm very guilty of that I had no idea who that was either but I'm happy with him now from everything I've heard and seen and you know researched he looks like a great guy for the Celtics and I'm happy Danny Ainge knew that more than I did clearly of course something else uh I wanted to bring up oh gosh I just forgot no 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 um (laughs) oh yes who do you think is the surprise player of the season? Last year, I would argue it was Grant Williams. I don't <sighs> think he expected him to come into that role and play it so well. Who do you think it's next year? It could be Grant again if he takes another jump. Uh, it could be Pritchard outperforming expectations because, I mean, they can't be too high at this point. Uh, it can be like a Javante or a Shemi Ojale if they play more than they usually do or play well. Carson has a bounce back year. Romeo improves. Jalen Brown, you know, balls out and makes the all-star team, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think the biggest surprise in this upcoming season is going to be for the Celtics? It's a good question because there's – that was a nice voice crack, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's it's a good question because there's a lot of different opportunities for people to be surprised. It's funny that you ask that because, okay, I'm going to give you like three or four different scenarios that could be a surprise. The Jalen Brown one was a good one. I mean, will I be surprised if he makes a jump? Probably not, but he definitely has the capability to make an all-star team to be a surprise player, stuff like that. Okay. Then you've got Pritchard, which is a good one. But if, if I'm picking a point guard, there's two above Pritchard that I would say could be surprises. Um, if I if I had to guess, I don't think Pritchard's going to get a ton of minutes, if, especially if the Celtics like him. It's just not how they operate. And we've seen <laughs> sure. it. Jalen Brown, uh, Romeo, Robert Ironic. Williams, the rookie years, they don't get a lot of time. Ironically enough, yes. Yeah. Hell, we might even see that with Nason. Now I say it. But, all right, yeah. getting back to the question, you've got – is Kemba a surprise? People, people are down on Kemba after the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like, and, and in fairness, he didn't play amazing in the playoffs. He wasn't bad. Like, he wasn't necessarily terrible. He he was bad in some games, <laughs> but him yeah. being bad isn't as much his fault as he was playing a role. All right, he's playing a role. He's not used to same as Carson Edwards. He's not used to not being the guy. I think it's an adjustment. And I personally am not giving up on Kemba, but I know there are people that are very low on Kemba, including possibly Danny who's trying to trade him. Yes, yes. You know, so you've got that. That's one. Um, Jeff Teague is another. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a quiet signing. That could turn out to be great. Been an all-star before. He was on that Hawks team that was the best team in the league at one year. Not that they won, but they had the best record. Um, He's got experience. That's what the sellers were looking for. It's an upgrade from Wanamaker for sure. He can pass. He can shoot. Just last season, he 
with we'll, we'll count his games with Minnesota because he only played, I think, no, he played 25 games with the Hawks, so we'll count the season as a total. Uh, last year total, he averaged 11 points a game, 5.2 assists, uh, 0.7 steals while shooting uh, 43.6% from the field and almost 37% from three, and that was in 25 minutes a night. So in a limited role with the Celtics, it, it, like even if he got like 15, 20 minutes off the bench, in his games with Atlanta, he played twenty minutes and he averaged seven and four or eight and four, which is perfect. Like that's what the Celtics need. So I, I don't see any problem with the Teague signing. Historically, he's a he's an average. Uh, oh, there's no problem with the signing. It's just that he's a quiet signing. He's no, not... exactly, and I think he'll be better because most people are down on it from what I've seen. People are really saying, people aren't a big yeah. fan of that. From what I've seen, people are saying Teague is old, worn out, and it's just not worth it. He's just a minimum guy that's not going to do anything. And I think it's the exact opposite. I think he's an upgrade from Brad Wanamaker, and I like Wanamaker. Yeah, of course. All right. So there you go. He can absolutely be surprised. That's what I'm saying. Like people are, It's a very low-key thing that's happening, yeah. right? It's not a big deal signing when it happened. No one was like, oh, my God, Jeff Teague's the Celtic. I mean, there's a lot of up – like there's a lot of room to impress people in that signing, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll ask you this now. Out of all of the rookies from last season, who is going to impress you the most this year? The rookies from last season. I feel like Romeo is definitely a contender because right. he hasn't played. Yeah. And people forget about him. He's always thrown into trades. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of potential to be a good player. I do too, especially defensively. Like We all saw him on defense and were impressed for those 86 seconds before he unfortunately got hurt. But yeah, I mean, he, he didn't shoot the ball great last season. But I, I think a part of that is because he was dealing with that nagging injury. Uh, and then he got injured again, unfortunately. And like you said, Celtics players, Celtics rookies don't play a lot in their first season. That's just how it goes. So uh, I think Romeo could see a huge uptick in minutes this year. Uh, and my pick, personally, I think Grant Williams is going to be even better. Like Grant Williams, let me, let me pull up his stats last season. Grant Williams last season averaged, if I were, I were to guess, probably like three points a night. Yeah, he averaged three and a half points. Uh, two and a half rebounds and one assist. I think Grant Williams could average close to 10 points a night. Call me crazy. I think Grant Williams could be nearing double digits. Eight. Can you see what he averaged in the playoffs? I'm just curious. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, in the playoffs per game, he averaged three points, one and a half rebounds, uh, and shot 58.8% from three. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. What a beast. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, he was a beast, like you said. Uh, he played 10 minutes per game, right? Yeah, 10 minutes per game in 17 games. And, yeah, I mean, he was amazing. He shot 10 of 17 from three. Uh, great defensively. I think he could – it. Uh, I'll predict Grant Williams' stat line for the next season right here, right now, and we can come back on this. I think for Grant Williams, 8 to 10 points, right? 8 to 10 points, 3 to 5 rebounds a night, and he's going to get up to a block uh, – not a block a game almost a blocking game but not not quite there and then also two assists so, i don't know uh, if grant's going to be the kind of player that improves drastically i think he's going I, to improve because he's definitely got the maturity to be an impact player mm-hmm. as we've seen in the playoffs that's why he was getting minutes mm-hmm. but i mean what's I, his ceiling really you know i think he's, his is he's a just seventh, uh i think seventh man i think him and smart Obviously not going to be as good as Lou Will and Harrell, but they're going I think they could be that level of tandem. Like they're not gonna put up the same numbers, but they're gonna have that type of impact off the bench. 
So I, I really feel good about Grant Williams going next season. He, he, I mean, he played 69 games last season and averaged 15 minutes a game. Like that's a lot more than I thought he played. And I think he could play more than that next year. Like, like it, when you think about it, do you really remember Grant Williams playing 15 minutes a night? Hmm. I mean, he was out there for a good amount. He was, but when I think about it, I'm thinking, oh, he probably played like 10 minutes, maybe less. He played 15 minutes, and obviously, if it were me, I think he would get more playing time this upcoming season because he can play center, he can play power forward, and I would argue he could even play some spot minutes at the three. So Grant Williams is a guy I think could average near 10 points next year, and I, re- I really do think he's going to improve. And obviously, he shot 25% from three in the regular season. That's got to go up, right, from what we saw in the playoffs? Well, yeah. I mean, he had a terrible start, 0 for 25. Uh, here's the thing about Grant, Brad trusts him. Okay, he's always out there in crunch time. So we, we are going to see Grant this season for sure. Excellent. He's going to be getting time on the floor, which is good. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a chance to play a big role, like you said. It's just like, will he? Uh, who knows? He might. He might I'm, not. I'm a big Grant Williams guy. I think he'll play. I think he'll play a lot. But uh, um, another guy, question mark, uh, Taco Fall. I know, big fan favorite. Obviously not the most polished player. He's the only player on the roster above seven feet. In fact, he's the only one above six nine on the team. Uh, but he doesn't really get playing time. Thompson's six ten though. Uh no, he's six nine. Thompson's oh, six nine. Yeah, so very small uh roster overall. Do you see Taco taking a jump this year or are we gonna see a similar thing to last year where he doesn't really play? He's not gonna play. <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be up and down, which is yeah. fine. That's where he should be. Do you think he'll play the season after this one? Do you th- do you think there's going to be a point in time where he's getting regular minutes, or do you think the peak of Taco Fall is going to be a, a cool G League guy and a fun guy off the bench? Like, no, there's definitely opportunity for him. The team, I believe, they said that they were really impressed with his development. Yeah, but like he just still, had a long way to go. Yeah, and I think he still does. Is the thing. And I think he's a hard worker. So I think, well, yeah, even if he does, he's going to work hard. I mean, it might not be this year, but I mean, he's got the height. We saw him play a couple times. I think the biggest issue with him is uh, fouls. Fouls. I think he. Um, oh my god! I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. He fouls a lot. He's a little bit slow, and he's not able to guard the perimeter really well. But I mean, he's not super slow for a guy that size. He gets back on. Defense. Yes, he's able to play both ends. No, yeah, I agree, and I think there there could be a role for him in a couple of years. But right now, obviously, like you said, it's just it's just not there. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is, is this center position. I know I brought up who's going to start with Tyson Thompson, but we didn't talk about Robert Williams at all, and that's a big thing because he did take that huge jump in the bubble. Do you think there's a point in time this season where Robert Williams is going to start? I don't know. I I think there's a better. I, th- I feel like we might see uh, Tice get traded. I don't right. know. His contract's up. He's going to be a worthwhile player. You know, he's going to he's going to be able to get paid. Mm-hmm. You might you might do that. He's around the same level as Thompson. Depending on how the Thompson, ex- I guess we can call it an experiment a signing. We can, we'll just call it a signing because I wouldn't say it's an experiment. Yeah, we know how good a player he is. And people <laughs> love him in Cleveland, by the way. Yeah. I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast with Jackie McMullen, who's great. Jackie McMullen is like the best person, I swear. <laughs> I had so much respect for Jackie McMullen. She's been there through like everything. She's seen it all in the NBA. But uh, she was saying like they want his like jer- – people there love him, okay? They, they want his jersey retired. There's talk of that. Like he's been there his whole career. People really like him. Did so like him much? 
they they like him, mm-hmm. from what I heard, what she was saying. And I, mean, I think she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> there, I mean, there's been the Thompson to uh, Boston rumors for a while. And I, I think the rebounding is something, like we said last week on the show, um, that the Celtics haven't had in a long time since Al Jefferson, a guy you can average 10 plus rebounds a night. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we have Celtics fan uh, wanted to come up and talk, so I'm going to bring him on. Uh, maybe get your thoughts on, on the situation. Celtics fan, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Pretty hey, good. Recording uh, it yeah. from the Raptors podcast. So if you'd like to give some thoughts, go ahead right ahead. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, man. Tristan Thompson's really good, bro. Um, it's, I think it's just – I basically view it as like Anis Cantor, but like with the motor, you can actually, <laughs> it's, it's actually like playable on defense. Yeah. it's a good point. Yeah, that's how, that's how I view it. So it's definitely going to be um, – a good addition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, I think I'm just curious to know what the rotation would be if he's going to start. Yeah, I that's think Tice had surgery, I believe, this off season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. If, oh um, yeah, he had it on what his knee. Yeah, same as Kemba, the same surgery as Kemba, I think. Okay, which is unfortunate. It was like le- left arthroscopic knee surgery. Yeah, stuff. that's a good call because I mean we've been trying to figure that out all week. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to start Tice at the four, put Thompson at the five, Thompson off the bench? I mean, Tice has definitely earned his starting spot. He played pretty well last year. So I wouldn't put, it, I wouldn't put Tice at the four, though. At the four, like, in this NBA, like, that's, like, a lot of, like, most fours are pretty good with, like, like are kind of, like, wings, in my opinion, or, like. Yeah, like. You're, you're definitely right, like Tatum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he, he's a wing, but, like, he can play the four. But Tice is not, like, he's more yeah. center in this league than. And I think the, the clear comparison there is, or the question I would ask, like, do you think Tice could guard Tobias Harris? Like, Harris isn't good, but it, it, obviously it's a, a completely different skill set to Tice, and they play the same position at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, sort of, but, like, I wouldn't, like, Harris is, like, it's probably a lot quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the question. Then we also brought up the idea of Robert Williams. Like, what's the center rotation going to look like? Is he going to get starting minutes at some point? Like, what do you see for time, Lord? I, um, for his career outlook, I see him more as like a backup, I think. I don't okay. think he's going to be a starter, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Sam always compares him to Clint Capella, Hassan Whiteside, uh, right, Sam? Or that yeah, type it, yeah, the, the White same side kind of game. Seems realistic. But, like, he's, he's, I don't think he'll be starter, though. Yeah, well, that's the, the way I compare it is that, um, He's, he has the potential to make that jump out of nowhere that Whiteside and Capella did, where they were kind of household names overnight and starters overnight. That's that's kind of what I'm getting mm-hmm. at with him. I mean, we saw it in the bubble. He was really solid, and he was impactful in the Philadelphia series. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to contribute as well. Or no, it was the Toronto series, I'm sorry, where he was really an impact, especially in the first couple games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we saw it in the seeding games too. Like that game he came in against the Nets, and just, I don't think he missed a shot. Like, he just balled out. He got rebounds. He got blocks. He was energy. And, and I think that was a turning point in the bubble anyways. I said this a lot at the time on our podcast. But um, that Nets game was really the turning point from when the Celtics ramped up the energy. Him and Romeo came in the game, and everything kind of flipped a switch. So, uh, I have high hopes for Rob. I'm not sure if he'll be a starter. Like you said, Celtics fan, I think it's a 50-50 chance there. I don't, I don't really see it. Um, but other than that, I think the Celtics rotation just has a lot of question marks. Because obviously you start Kemba, you start Brown, you start Tatum, but outside of that, I think you could start any combination of two guys. Like you could see, you could see Smart and Thompson, you could see Tyson Thompson, you could see Grant Williams in the starting lineup too. Like hell, mm-hmm. why not? So, if you were to pick Celtics fan, what would be the ideal starting lineup for the Celtics next season, in your opinion? 
So the first question mark is, is Kemba going to be ready even for like the starting for the start of the season? Um, but I think it'll be Kemba, Smart, um, Brown, Tatum, and then Tyser Tom, or uh, Thompson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the Kemba thing. Yeah. I feel like the Kemba, not that you ever want anyone to be hurt, but mm-hmm. I feel like the Kemba injury, especially if it's like just kind of they're getting him ready, you know, is he going to be ready, like you say? And they spot start T or even any of the younger guys. I feel like that's good for the young guys' development. Pritchard, mm-hmm. Waters, Edwards, uh, probably not so much Edwards, but those other two, they're going to get a little bit more of playing time than they would if he was completely healthy. So that's probably good for the future, even though, of course, it's tough if you don't want, you know, you don't want Kemba to be hurt. But yeah. who's your favorite young point guard, Celtics fan? Pritchard, Carson, or Tremont Waters? I'm a huge Waters guy because he's from Connecticut. Hey, yeah. we love Waters too. Love yeah, him. dude, you should. He he would have been a lottery pick if he was taller. I, I'm dead yeah. serious. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. he can defend, he can play make, he can shoot, he can do everything. He's just five yeah. ten. He was, you, yeah. If he was like at five ten, like it's, it's you tough. need like Isaiah Thomas Hart to play in the league. Mm-hmm. But, but if I think if he was taller, like he would not have been a second rounder. Like he's that yeah. good. No, I, and I agree. Like, obviously, like I said, he can defend. And the playmaking he showed in the bubble, like, I, I was surprised he didn't get more minutes in the playoffs. Like, obviously, it's probably tough because he's a two-way guy. You don't know how well he's going to do, like, continue to play. But he, those passes he were making were insane. Like, to Romeo on the cuts, to Grant Williams in the corner, to mm-hmm. dishing the ball everywhere. And he, he looked like a legitimate backup point guard in the league, at the very least. Mm-hmm. So, I, I have high hopes for him. Outside of that, the Celtics roster is pretty, like, set. I would say I think the the backup point guard spot and the starting center spot are the things up for question. I think Romeo and Neesmith are going to be backup wings. I think uh, Robert Williams, Grant Williams are going to be the backup big men, and then Tice or Thompson, whoever you want to bring off the bench. I think Javante and Shemi probably won't get a ton of minutes. They're going to play the Poirier role, even though I do like those guys. I think they could be okay. Taco and Tremont Waters are probably going to spend time in the G League and back and forth because they are on two ways again. Um, I think Carson and Pritchard are going to kind of battle it out uh, with Teague for the backup role. And then the core four of Smart, Tatum, uh, Brown, and Walker are probably going to be the the clear starters dominating the scoring on a nightly basis. So, I mean, Sam, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about this earlier. There's just so many guys at the same (laughs) level that it's very – intriguing how it's going to pan out for him, how, how we're going to see the rotation go. And it's probably the biggest question going into the season, aside from maybe Kemba's knees. But I guess that affects the rotation, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm super pumped for preseason because I want to see what they got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited and- to see Pritchard. I'm excited to see Naismith. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how Thompson plays with the starters. Should Kemba be playing? I don't know if he will be. Will Kemba be able to run the pick and roll with Thompson? Will that be – I mean, smart in the pick and roll is a beast. I mean, we saw it with Horford and Baines. Those we and even was Tice bubbles. off the bench, uh, you know, he was lethal as the distributor in the pick and roll, Marcus. And and I think that we saw it in the bubble too. Him and Robert Williams were disgusting in the lob threat uh, pick and roll game too. But uh, before we wrap it up here, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you, Celtics fan, because we were talking about it. Who's your favorite guy to make a jump next season? Is it going to be Jalen Brown making the All Star team? Is it going to be Grant Williams taking another step? Is it going to be Carson or Tremont Waters, like who? Who do you see taking the biggest step and surprising Celtics fans the most next year? Probably. So I think JB is probably going to make the All Star team, mm-hmm. but I really want to see if Waters can get like a full time rotational. Yeah, yeah, that would be my 
it would be good to see JV on Austin, but I really would like Roderick Waters to be on like on a rotation player as a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, and I think we could see it more because of the new two-way rules, how they can be in this mm-hmm. play more games. So I think the opportunity will be there for them, hopefully. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a great show. I appreciate you coming on here at the end, Celtics fan. It was great to hear your thoughts on some of these things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam, is there anything else you wanted to bring up before we wrap up the show here? No, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun doing it live. We had Adam in the chat. We have a couple other people listening. Thank you to you guys for listening. Uh, thank you for coming to talk to us, Celtics fan. Do you have a Twitter you want to plug? <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to make one soon, though. You don't yeah. have a Twitter? Not yet. You oh, you got to get one. That's where all the rage is for Celtics fans. Where it's Celtics <laughs> Twitter. That's where it's at. We're, we're, I'm on the Reddit page, though. Oh, yeah, yeah it's not a bad spot. <laughs> Southeast fan, a regular here on the locker room app. I see you floating around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Appreciate you hopping in. Uh, But yeah, you you can follow us and our podcast and everything we do at Bannertown USA. How was your Thanksgiving, Celtics fan? Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? That was good, bro. It was good. Nice. That was good. But yeah, uh, this has been a great show. Uh, Thank you once again, Celtics fan, for hopping on. And Sam, go ahead and wrap us up here. Yeah, that's our. uh, So we're we're live on the locker room app for probably another 10 seconds. you can follow me on Twitter at Bannertown Sam, or not Bannertown Sam, uh, Sam LaFrance NBA. You can follow Jack at Jack Simone NBA. Follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. Uh, that's our show for today. Bye. <laughs>